and welcome to episode 398 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. I'm Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the webcomic Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And he's one of your five a day, and always good for your immune system, it's Tony Esmond. I like to have five a day. <laughs> We're not going to ask what five. You stallion. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the show everyone uh first off before we get going um big thanks to tom curry for jumping in Cheers, last, tom. on last week's episode uh, a fantastic episode he's if got a gift on the way little gift on the way to him if you haven't listened already go go back and, and listen to it now just do a double bill of last week and, and mm. today's um but yes that was great and we've got another um great show for you this week as well with some extra guests that we'll announce in a, in a little bit but no i've i'm rested i'm recovered um recuperated yeah the book the books i was going to talk about last week i've i've got got handy here to talk about this week so i'm all well and good and how are my co-hosts today i'm living the dream yeah i'm doing pretty good yeah Not pretty us, pretty good <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is pretty good Comic House. Oh, yeah. Our lovely sponsors, Comic House, the indie comic marketplace that loves indie comics as much as we do, and you lovely people listening at home. If you uh, haven't heard about them, then um, this may be the first episode you ever listened to <laughs> because we talk about them every week. Every week. There's a huge yeah. selection of titles on the Comic House database. If you self-publish, you can list your book on there. It's another avenue to get your work out to the world, but there's the digital app, which is full of amazing indie comics and small press publications from all over the world creators from not just from the uk but from america australia and just beyond every everywhere um it's only three pounds a month basically like uh netflix or whatever i mean i used to say it's like netflix for comics and that became a bit of a thing so i tried to step away from that unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately that's the only way you can really describe a subscription service for yeah. these, these days but basically only three pounds a month which is cheaper than most digital comics that you get on a weekly basis mm. uh, or some that you would get on a Kickstarter, but that's another conversation entirely. And uh, yeah, you get access to an enormous and ever-growing library of digital indie comics that some stuff we've talked about in the past, some stuff we've talked about in the present, probably stuff we'll talk about in the future, because it's always nice to just jump yeah. in and read some comics mm. sometimes. Now, there's a 14-day free trial. If that sounds good to you, there's a 14-day free trial to find out more. And thank you to Pete and the Comic House Gang for supporting the show, Here's as Pete. always. Um, all our comics are on there the majority of them yes yeah. don't let yes. that put you off there's some and, other good comics on there yeah. some readable ones on there as well <laughs> yeah, there was, there was, yeah there was also readable ones as Tony <laughs> said so if you want to find out more go to comichouse.com yes yeah, so this week's show we're um, stepping back into the the sort of um, on full south London my friends full <laughs> south London the DIY scene I was going to say zine scene but that works that's cool yeah. that works. got some it's Captain it's okay. Serious chat as well Captain Sensible. Captain Sensible. Captain Serious. That's us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a little. There's a little bit of info about Dan's life. There's um, <laughs> where he went to school. Just where he went to school. <laughs> all kinds of things. But no, where we he lost his a, virginity. But um, we that's had not a, in there. A <laughs> that's a whole. Yeah, to happen. Good. That's go, that, that's. Go sign up for the Patreon for that story. <laughs> one day. One day. Hopefully. Yeah. That, and, Can we uh, get fucking uh, money off of OnlyFans? The amount of time we make one OnlyFans joke. <laughs> at least per every show. week yeah 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 but we got an email was from someone with an only fans account this week didn't we did we someone replied to it on the twitter dms oh okay furiously opens twitter 
Yeah. <laughs> While Dan's furiously <laughs> opening that. Yeah, before we get to uh, the wonderful um, interview that's upcoming, we have uh, a bit of news as well. Big news. I say Massive. Big, say big news. Large news. So big. Huge. Girthy news. This <laughs> ah. is because you edited a bit out where Dan made it sound like a knob. Yeah. <laughs> but this is news that definitely you're going to want to insert into your calendars. Lifestyle. Because, um, yes, we have news of what, gents? I'm going to do the trumpets. Come on, you're supposed to do the announcement oh, while I'm sorry. doing the trumpets. It's the, uh, oh. the, li- the ACP live show, or the 400th episode. On the 26th of this month, in just two short weeks, if you listen yes. to this the day, well, less than two weeks, if you listen to this on the day of release, we'll be having a live one. Right, okay. I'm going to, 26th of February, 2023, is when yeah. we are recording yeah. episode 400 of the Awesome Comics Podcast. 400. Fuck yeah, no. So, we'll be letting you you crazy people in the, in the room for yes. it. Yes. So we're going to have a little bit of... Um, some audience participation, some questions and stuff like that. And uh, think of the bragging rights these people are going to have to yeah. say, "I was on the Awesome Comics podcast." Or it might, it'll, it'll probably be something they leave off their CV. Yeah, probably want to mention mention that person. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a deal breaker. Yeah, yeah. But of course, why should I give you this job? Well, I'll tell you why. Yeah, yeah. I said knob on the ACP. So um, we're going to be um, basically it's going to be a bit of comics fun. And a, a sort of a Q and A sort of episode, and, and basically just awesome comics talk with uh, some some of you lovely people joining us. Hmm. So put that um, details in your calendars. And uh, where can people find out more about it? It's going to be on the Slack. I think uh, it'll probably be on the Facebook page as well. Um, we're going to send out the link that'll be live at some point before the show. But we'll, yep. don't worry, we'll trumpet that one as well. But there'll also be a questionnaire going round which will just stop people, you know, asking ridiculous questions on the day, which we know is going to happen. I've got my eye on a couple of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we do actually yeah. want to talk about comics because otherwise it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is, is an absolutely worthless piece of audio we'll have if we're just like a bunch of people ch- just laughing. Tony, why are you mean, such a wanker? <laughs> you that's, know, the, yeah. uh, that's why we have the trinket drawers for those events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, it's going to be interactive. Yes. We'll get a chance yeah. to have a chat and it, that's what the point of it is, man. That's, you know, yeah, giving so that- back because we've... You know, thanks for everyone who supported us. Question is about like you posing a question so we can get you on and you ask that question live as we yeah. record. Yeah. So. And I think the, the 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 point of asking a question, us seeing it in advance, is sometimes thinking time helps with an answer. You know, mm-hmm. I hate uh, uninformed answers. And if some some things might, you know, we might have to have a chat about them and have yeah. to think about, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. And I think that can be useful, you know. And obviously, we've got some lovely listeners, you lovely listeners, and we're looking forward to chatting to you and your questions. But also remember, this isn't going to go out live, so if you piss us off, I'll just cut you out. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> unless you're funny. Unless yeah. you're funny. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm not saying I'm a power mad god. <laughs> but, you're uh, getting the outtakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it will be on video, but the, it will only be going out available on audio. Yes. Yeah. So we were, you know, all, all, we'll be able to see if you're, you know, if John Ottaway is murdering someone in the background. Yeah, we're not, we're or, not going to be holding up know. panels, uh, pages of comics, and going, look at this, because for you wonderful people that listen weekly that won't be able to join us, um, we want you to enjoy it as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, and just be aware if you're going to ask us about a comic, you know, just holding it up won't work. You have to describe it as well. So yes. yeah. think Good about shout. what we're going to say. It'll be a laugh though. I trust yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a laugh. Yeah. And so episode four hundred is here. 
Look for the um, posters, the billboards. I mean, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and we spent quite a bit of money on the Super Bowl advert, didn't we? Did we, we did. We did. Was like, it Eels we... who had a one-second advert at one point? Do you remember that? The band who? Eels, didn't they have? Really? They had a one-second advert at the Super Bowl, didn't they? It cost them like ten grand or something. Ten grand? No, 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 no. There's no way one second in a Super Bowl. <laughs> it like, may be more than that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I remember them saying, I, uh, I don't know whether they did it or not, but it was certainly something they were trying to do. You know, that's cool. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. What would you get for mm. a, um, one second? Is it actually less than a picture of a dong? I'd probably do the old Tyler Durden. What's that? You know, like in, exactly, in what, exactly what you just yeah. said, Tony. Just he cuts one, in like a second of photography. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, and kids yeah, films, yeah. and they're like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's illegal, isn't it? Now to do that, because um, you remember these doing the young ones, didn't they? They yeah. all that. Oh, about. the subliminal kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah. That was innocuous. It wasn't like, yeah, yeah. And I don't think now. you'd be able Male to get it. I, I don't think you'd be able to get it past many people, Dan. To be honest, I think that it's not like you pay your money and they're like, "Yeah, yeah. we'll just put it up." They're not as unprofessional as us, where we're like, "Yeah, yeah." Have we, you tried to get your dong past many people? Or, but to be fair, I've heard I want to see a prick on TV. I just turn it off and then look at the reflection. <laughs> just put dancing on that bombshell. On. Should on we get into the interview? Let's get yeah. to the interview. Yeah, let's actually have some comics chat because we had the wonderful opportunity. I found this quite inspiring. This interview. Yeah, totally. I like listening to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really good, and you will too, people. Um, so if you like your zine, just small press, and just independent publishing, and people who just love being creative and and sort of have stories to tell. Um, then you need to listen to the wonderful people from Colossive Press. Okay, this week we're very pleased to be joined by two folks from a great small press and zine publisher we've spoken about on the show a few times, haven't we, Tony? We have, yeah, and very recently as well. Indeed. That publisher is Colossive Press. And welcome to the show, Tom Murphy and Jane Gibbons Murphy. Hello. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Welcome. Nice to be here. Yeah. I it's love it when people go, it's, it's nice to be here, because it makes it seem like like it's a real professional outfit. Or <laughs> yeah, that we're in the same room, which some people yeah. believe. And we yeah, allow some of the world of time in the green room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> believe yeah. some of the celebs we saw in there. Yeah. And plates for sandwiches as well, that was a bonus. Yeah, yeah I know, can you believe it? We don't it? always get that. Don't <laughs> tell that person from EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, obviously... Some some of our listeners may not know who you guys are, but you've been around for uh, a few years now, I believe. So for those that don't know about Colossive Press and the work that you do, um, what's your origin story? Well, uh, that's probably me. Um, I mean, about, oh God, probably nearly 30 years ago, I sort of did a, some small press stuff under an imprint called Bliss Comics. Mm. I was in like the mid-90s, so I was doing a few bits and pieces there and then kind of drifted away from it. And then probably about... 10 years ago, the sort of LCAF started up and there were events like the DIY cultures and I think what else there was, Paul Gravitt's small press oh, comic cat things, yeah. yeah. And I suddenly, like, you know, got, got back into the small press and then I was reading for a while and then I thought, well, you know, I was looking for sort of a, a creative outlet and thought I'd start trying to put together a few little, little zines and things. So initially did High Precision Ghosts, which is like a little book arts Foldy out thing using found imagery, and the um, Croydon Spaceport zine Ad Astra um, <laughs> Percroydon, the lost history of London's forgotten spaceport, <laughs> which and, is uh, brilliant. It's, it's which just, I know is like yeah, a grift, snappy like title. A, yeah, it's a grift that you continue doing, which makes me laugh. 
you know because <laughs> i okay when you first when i first saw it i think i must have seen it in the early days of twitter tom i sort of thought because mm. i know there's a croydon airport isn't there well, that was kind of the inspiration for it, yeah. Right, okay. And there's a, like a heritage centre there and they have tours, you know, because it was the original first London airport, was it, Croydon? Right, After okay. the war until Heathrow was sort of developed. Yeah, I did wonder. And, and I'm not saying you're old, Tom, but I know you, you've got a sort of, you've got a, a bit like myself, you've got a sort of, you go way back as a fan, don't you, as well? Oh, well, I guess so, yeah. I mean, I started reading stuff in, you know, in the 80s, really, and I was very lucky that just as I sort of discovered... Yeah, it was initially like everyone else, I guess, just stuff you could pick up at the news agents and whatever you could pick up around town. But yeah. then I sort of discovered the uh, Odyssey Seven, which was the, the the proper comic shop in Manchester. Just as I got a, sat- a Saturday job at Morrison's, and that was just about nineteen eighty five, nineteen eighty six, when obviously things suddenly took off with peak comics, yeah. yeah, Dark Knight Returns, and you know I was reading American Flag at the time as well, and it was just all this fantastic yes. stuff that just sort of really hooked me in. And then, you know, it wasn't long before sort of Vertigo was taking off all the British Invasion stuff. So, yeah, it was yeah. a great time to, to get into comics, yeah. Were you were you a big comic fan prior to Colossus, Jane, as well? Or um, We were talking about this the other day, and Tom introduced me to comics. All right. Um, and, I mean, it's a wonder we're still together because he handed me a comic <laughs> in a bag. And I just ripped it open without protecting the bit of sellotape that, you know. Yeah, the sellotape so stuck to the cover. And oh, I've never seen nightmare. anyone look so horrified. <laughs> um, but, yeah, in the 90s, I used to read, the com- you know, and look forward to things coming out like Flaming Carrot and all the sort of yeah. Uh, yeah. autobiographical things like Seth and that. And then I I went off the boil a bit until sort of recent years I mean, what Tom sort of missed out of the origins thing is that he, um, when he sort of reconnected about 10 years ago, started reviewing comics for Broken Frontier. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said, going to LCAF and that, but really felt like, I mean, Tom would behave and I would almost believe it, that he there was like this in crowd and he was on the outside looking in and that, that's what I'd really love to do. But of course... You know that's not a world I can ever enter, and and he'd be like, you know, you'd be pacing up and down the street, worried about going into comic fairs and talking <laughs> to people, and just feel like you know I'm not worthy. And then when I started going with him, and, and Tom had done the first couple of zines, I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there is no outside and inside. Like if you either do it or you don't, and. And I think you've just about taken that on board now, yeah, haven't you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what was that? You were a little bit intimidated by the creators yeah. and stuff? Well, maybe. I guess so, yeah. I don't know. It's just general yeah. social anxiety a lot, of pe- a lot of people have, you know. But you I mean, back, back yeah. in the days of UCAC, I mean, I've t- many times told the story about, like, shitting my pants trying to speak to Chris Claremont and stuff like that. You <laughs> know, there was that. That did exist. You know? Yeah. Sometimes but, those blokes would just be damn rude to you, and sometimes they'd be nice to you, and it was a sort of bit of a gamble on how they felt at that moment in time think, and how many drinks they'd had, you know? Yeah, I think it's also, it does go like beyond those names, though, as well, because like, when I first started, because I was just... I'm shy. Just, and with people I don't mm. know, I'm not comfortable with, it, it, it was difficult. So I think with the small press and zine community being so open, you know... It builds your confidence when you approach like the first table and you, you you walk away thinking, oh, they were really nice. You know, we talk about the importance of being, you know, 
open to people coming to your table and, and being nice. And, and it really does help for people that aren't so confident about it. I mean, if I had gone to a, a, my first comic show and everyone there was just really standoffish, this we probably wouldn't be talking now. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. as as yeah. No, I mean, it is great. There's no kind of hierarchy, especially the yeah. small press stuff. I mean, even, yeah, yeah. I don't know, like the, we did our first Thought Bubble last year, you know, and just the fact the pros are just sat at their table pretty much like anyone else, you know, there's not yeah. really a big velvet rope around them and stuff. I think we had that year with the velvet rope. <laughs> the, uh, we did, we had like a, they had like a VIP area in the party and everyone sort of moaned so much right. about it, <laughs> you know, that, that that soon ended, thankfully. But yeah, I know what you mean, man. Yeah, it's it's become that, I think, much more. In recent years, yeah. You know, did did you go to cons in Manchester or Comic Marts and stuff like that? No, no, really, no, no. Uh, no, I just used to troll the comic shop, and so every now and then you'd be all stuck if there was Dale Coe who used to write a load of letters to DC Comics in the eighties. He'd be there, sort of propping up the <laughs> counter, chattering away, and he's like, "Oh God, Dale Coe, big name fan, you know." <laughs> so, what what was the um the the reason that you started? Because there's a lot of different stuff in Colossive, isn't there? There's yeah. scenes and prose and comics and, Eclectic, you know. yeah. But just yeah. whatever seems like a good idea at the time, and, you know. Yeah, I like that. You yeah. think that'll, yeah. that'll support to whatever 20-page zine and just, just rally it off, you know. Just like writing a song or something, you just have a notion and something you think will will support a zine and, and see it through. Yeah. So like I you said, there's, no yeah. there's no great master plan or theory to what we do you know it's just just whatever seems like a good idea at the time <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> like us man that's what we do so, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'd love to we'd love to turn it into some big money-making thing but we just do it because it makes us laugh and we enjoy it you know it's yeah kind of yeah but that's what it is really it's as much a social thing as anything you know it's the best like, reason to do anything isn't it yeah i think you're right to, to, yeah. to meet fun people and hang out and have a laugh you know so what was the first thing that became Colossive? So you thought, like, we need to sort of have this all under one, one umbrella. What, what? How did that come about? Was that was both probably, of you at once? Or? It was probably High Precision Ghosts, I think. And right. I just you know, needed, wasn't planning then to really do a load more stuff, but I just thought, well, we need a, a name for this. And Colossive Press, which, you know, as you probably know, was Colossive was a word my dad used. He had the he, he was Irish and left school when he was about thirteen of over in County Mayo, right in the west of Ireland. So he he didn't have a, a lot of education. So some of his you know, use of language was a bit improvised. So he, he had this word colossive, which meant, you know, a sort of mashup of colossal and massive, I guess, but he, he was convinced that was a word. <laughs> and it is a word now. But it is, it a is word. Yeah. yeah. Thanks yeah. to him. But you know, that just seemed like a funny title for a, a small press. Yeah. Well I love I love that the way that you do do stuff that harks back to your parents. So you've got the Colossive name, but is it um, things my dad saw but never bothered mentioning, which just makes me laugh. That's just a brilliant thing. Is, yeah. is that your dad, Jane, is it? Yes, it is, yeah. So my dad was a very keen photographer, um, and after my mum died, um, dad, well, he was in his early 60s, and he retired from his job in a sports shop and he just started going out with his camera more and more, sometimes with his friends. And he'd just go up to London every day um, from where we lived in the suburbs and um, take pictures of things. And what he really got into was um, graffiti and street art. And in the 90s, as that started becoming, there's always been graffiti writers, obviously, but as Banksy started up, Dad just loved the way that changed all the time, that you could go out every day and see something different. And he went to all these different 
sort of hot graffiti hotspots like skate parks and Hackney Wick and I'd think where the hell is he with his 800 pound camera and be worried <laughs> sick about him but anyway um that hobby saw him right through or that sort of passion saw him right through to um the age of 86 when he died and the last six years of his life he had increasingly bad health he had two separate cancers right and he would despite anything he would go out and that was what kept him going and in the end he you know this sounds very miserable and indeed it was but he was in a wheelchair he couldn't really talk he couldn't eat or drink he had a feeding tube um he had a catheter he was deaf and you'd think oh you know that's the end of that then but no he had to go out so that's (laughs) what we were doing the last few months of his life, taking him out to look at street art. So I get to the point. That's <laughs> we okay. Ended no, I'm enjoying this. That's no, good. Inheriting yeah. thousands and thousands of photos. Tens of thousands. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, 33,000 online of graffiti alone. And um, people kept saying, you should do a book. And well, what does that mean? Do a book? You know, obviously I know what it means, but it's just like, and one morning there was suddenly a book. And then we suddenly thought, oh, hang on, Colossive Press, we'll do it ourselves. So I did How Graffiti Saved My Dad's Life, at least for a while, which was a book of his street art. And while going through all the graffiti pictures, we found so many, like, I used to speak to my dad every day, I saw him two or three times a week. He only lived down the road. We went out with him at weekends. And I would say, what did you do today, Dad? He'd go, went up London. And that was it. And then when we looked through all these photos, there's one in particular, which is Stewie from Family Guy on a um, hire bike being chased by stormtroopers across a snowy park. And Dad never mentioned that. It's like, what, what do you do today? No, no, nothing much. And so we ended up with these two books of things my dad saw but never bothered mentioning, which were exactly that. And they, there's there's a lot of nudity in it, isn't there? Yeah. They, he'd just get in places where so no one else this? could. Yeah, the nude bike ride was one of his favourite events. Yeah, naked bike ride straight oh, up there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know he, he'd be polite but he would be sticking his camera into people's face you know he's quite shameless as a photographer and so where I, you know i go out with my camera but i'd be really embarrassed to take pictures of people if if i thought there was any chance they'd spot me and dad would just shove the camera in their face um and their face talking about naked bike riders mm. but also <laughs> there's like loads of celebrities politicians protests oh, wow. He got into the front row at Troop in the Colour at Horse Guards Parade by someone said, are you ex-servicer? And he said, yes, but actually he did his national <laughs> service in Nottingham in 1948. But there was, oh, yes, thank you for your service. Come and that sit counts. here. Uh, yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. Um, and so all those books we did to um, raise money for the hospice that looked after Dad, which is St. Christopher's in Sydenham, near where we live. Oh, great stuff. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. That's brilliant. We had a really good response to it all. And, you know, people love Dad's story and it's lovely to sort of do something with his legacy and make something nice out of something that was pretty horrible, really. Yeah. The hospice have used it as well, haven't they? This story as well. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, the, The Stewie 
the Stewie being chased by stormtroopers. I remember the first time I thought, sorry, I just presumed it was a Photoshop, you know, but it is a genuine thing, isn't it? It's yeah. crazy. And he'll have yeah. just been strolling past, looked up, taken that picture, carried on, thought nothing more of it. And <laughs> well, he was a little bit more methodical than that. He always seemed to find out when there were going to be press launches and obviously yeah. protests and stuff like that. He did. He did keep an eye out for that sort of thing. Yeah, and it, it yeah. was slightly, you know, it was pre, well, it wasn't pre-internet, but it, it was pre-social media. So he'd he'd find out, in, you know, he'd like read something in the Evening Standard or he'd hear something on the radio and then work out where it was going to be. And Yeah, he was very resourceful like that. Yeah. Oh, man, that's how we all want to be awesome. when we retire, isn't it? Yeah. That's, what, that's yeah. the sort of thing I want to do. Yeah, yeah. just very go around and bother people. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, the thing is, I'd have is if I stuck, as well. That's they are the crackers, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the main thing with me, Jane, if I went up to someone and took a photo, asked to take a photograph of me of them, the my, the my main problem would be that they'd want to speak to me afterwards, and that would be something <laughs> I would wish to avoid yeah. quite heavily. But yeah, he, he's obviously got the time in his hand. He didn't care. He probably enjoyed talking to these people. Well, he me? loved, yeah. you know, he really befriended, like pro- became proper friends with a lot of the graffiti writers and street artists. Um. To put, you know, there's now a big portrait of him just down the road from our house that yes, one of I the artists that. did. Yeah. Um, but he would also, <laughs> he was, you know, if he didn't want to talk to you, he wouldn't talk to you. So, yeah. you know, he'd take <laughs> the picture and wander off. And, and, uh, <laughs> a gangster. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> South London, isn't it? Yeah, so, you know, we'd, we'd be all, like, terribly polite yeah. and think, oh, oh Excuse me, no. is your man doing this? And, yeah. <laughs> That's great. And you've also got this, um, obviously, a friend, friends of ours have done colossive cartographies with you. Oh, yeah. Um, Sarah's done one. I think um, Gareth's done one with you, Gareth Hopkins. Gareth Hopkins, yeah, he did one of the yeah. first ones, yeah. Tim Bird. Yeah. Tim Bird, yeah. Do you want to uh, talk Simon a little Russell. bit about Yeah, of course, Simon's done one, yeah. Sure. So, yeah. Is it, you've done 49 now, is that right? 42. We just had the right. 42nd one. We had a bit of a gap because, obviously, during lockdown, people had a lot you know, a bit of time on their hands, so they were rattling them off then, and then, you know, think things have slowed down a bit now. But, yeah, I mean, 42 is, is quite impressive. I never would have thought Definitely. it'd get that far. Did you want to explain what they are, Tom? Yeah, sure. It's um, it's just like a little one-page fold-out thing. It's called the Turkish Map Fold format. So it's like an A4 sheet, which through magic folds, folds down to A6. And it was... um. I'd sort of got into doing little bits of book binding and Jane got me a book with all these various projects in and that was one of them. So right. I just made, you know, a dummy version of it and thought, well, this would be good for maybe, you know, if people had one page comics lying around that they didn't really know what to do with just to, to pop it in there. So contacted a few people I knew, you know, because at this stage I didn't really know a lot of people in small press comics, but, you know, Sean has a party. I chatted to a few oh, nice. fairs. Um, yeah. Gareth Hopkins, of course, and Olivia Sullivan had sat between at the first... Oh. Yeah. Um, Catford, mm. Zine Olivia's Fair. great. I love Olivia's stuff. Oh, she's yeah, really fantastic, good. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, got in touch with a few people and they started doing them. And then, you know, people spied them and wanted to do them or we just sort of spread the net a bit wider and asked other people. And, you know, as it developed, people really started to to use the form. So, like, all the intricate folds and the, the backside of it, you know, people really, really make the most of it in very inventive ways. So it's all it's very a, different. Lovely thing it? to see develop and... Yeah, you know, when you get to four, the whole body of work, like each one is just like a one-page thing, but you know some of them are amazing, and then the whole body of work put together is is, is fantastic. It's yeah, they're lovely little things. Um, Sarah's one, which is 
beautiful and it's the mm. first one that um involves a bit of sewing isn't it yeah. as well yes yeah, so she's got a tail um, hanging out of hers isn't but it? it's yeah, only yeah, we yeah. heard her talking to you about it when it had just come out a year or so ago and it just really illustrated that in crowd out crowd thing because she said to you that she almost said no because she thought she wasn't worthy and she wasn't one of the gang and actually sarah was i think possibly the first person i thought of that we thought oh, we'd right. really like mm. to do one knowing and that she'd do awesome. something really inventive you know? yeah. yeah you probably thought of her independently yeah. but i remember saying and um you know the fact that there is no in crowd and that like, there's no sort of inner sanctum of people no. and she's yeah i mean there's still people that we haven't approached lots of people that we thought of, you know, it's just, you just sort of ask people when you see them or speak yeah. to them. Yeah, it just comes you, up in conversation. Yeah. But yeah. were, um, were you cursing, Sarah, when you realised you had to sew a tail into all those ones? <laughs> no, 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 it's not. I mean, she was she was really apologetic about it. And it's, yeah. you know, 30 seconds work for me, you know, and it's, it just makes it look fantastic because it just ties in with the, you know, the, the, um, theme of what she's done you know it's about mental health and don't yeah don't pull the thread to... which someone today at the zoom fest started pulling it <laughs> for goodness sake oh i think it's going to ping open suddenly <laughs> yeah. to be sort of 3d yeah. thing okay yeah 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 well, i've got a little collection that. of them and as you well know because i buy them from you but they're lo they're a lovely little size to have just mm. on the shelf you know i've got them on the shelf behind me here yeah lovely man they really are a great yeah. idea i mean i think it's like an inspiration was like mini kush those lovely little a6 comics as well just to have a yeah you know a set of those and each one's got a different voice and a different flavor have you got any coming up any that's over in the works at the moment we have we just got number 43 which we need to sort of go through and edit a bit because there's like right. quite a bit of text in it but yeah cool that, that'll be out in a couple of weeks can't well, say well, can you say who it. that's by or is that still a secret i think we can yeah it's a it's yeah. an artist called yolanta garlic who's not really a comic oh she is now actually yeah. she um, yeah, okay we, we knew her locally so independently, she's a, a painter and she and printmaker, and she lived lived in Penge. And we went around to a studio when there was an open studio thing, and this was probably about ten years ago. Yeah. And in the meantime, she's gone down to Falmouth, I think, to do an MA in illustration. And we just sort of, you know, paths have crossed again since. And uh, but through LD comics, through LD I comics, think. yeah, we went up there. Oh right, yeah. To see, look at their sort of awards thing. And they have all the all the entries on display. And there was comic, which is uh, her work in progress. I think it's a dad or a grandfather about how he escaped from Poland during the war. He just like walked hundreds of miles through Poland and southern Germany or whatever to to get to get away. Wow! So done a, a comic about that, which looks great. I mean, it's only a, a fragment so far, but I think she's working on a full length okay. version of it. Falmouth's a great place, isn't it? I know Sam from No Brow goes mm. down there and speaks there quite a lot. I think it's quite well known, isn't it? Now? Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, and then Sorry. something I only noticed today, um, and I'm, I apologise this because it was in the picture of you on Instagram today, Jane. <laughs> um, and, it, and I noticed just below your face was a picture of a zine you got called Vincent, <laughs> which is clearly about our Vince, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't start that. Don't start you know, that. We, we knew we were going to chat to you, so we thought we'd rush mm. a zine out about it. No. Yeah, I, 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 truly, I truly appreciate it. It's humbling. It's you humbling. did pitch it to Mills, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> to Vince and your cat army. Oh, man. Yeah, you weren't there for that, Tom, but we uh, we pressured Vince into pitching a story to Pat Mills called Vince and his oh, yeah. cat army. And I, 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 I did not pitch it. 
<laughs> but I don't think Pat kind of understood. I don't think he kind of understood. No. We're in a restaurant. I think a few beers have been had, and it's sort of yeah. But that we will re- laugh. That reaction it funny. will haunt me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Got a disdain in his just face. Abs- was just just thought, absolute. Oh. And not only that, I felt like he looked at me like it was anything to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh no. Well, what can I do now? My my reputation's been ruined. But now it's been saved by this wonderful zine you've made. No, I'm only joking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what's the zine about, Jane? It is about our cat, Vince, who was sadly run over and killed last year. Um, And we've had a series of um, black cat chief of staff here who really run the shop, don't they? Like We are just the the interns. So we've currently got Gertie and Gracie um, who just meeped into the room on cue. But, um, (laughs) yeah, when um, Vince died, it was... I mean, this has become my um, sort of go-to thing when something bad happens or, you know, I I want to, I think, what shall I write about? And Tom's, you know, making stuff up. I'm not making stuff up. Writing um, about... Flippant flapdoodle, yeah. (laughs) No, writing the true history of the Croydon spaceport. Um, But (laughs) I I seem to have all these, you know, I want to write something new and original and... um, you know, really imaginative. And then I write just about uh, the things closest to me. So when Vince died, it was a horrible shock, but we'd had him for a year and a bit. And in that time, he did rule the roost. He was a larger-than-life character. So I wrote a zine about him, and it really helped me with losing him. And then, you know, all my zines end up having a little bit about grief in well, okay. all but one. <laughs> and and that isn't even my intention when I start writing them. But um, it, so it's a lot about a cat and a little bit about grief mm. as well. Do you find the exercise okay. of like writing these sort of zines to be sort of really helpful in, in that kind of way? Yeah, I, do, I mean, with um, the graffiti book, Dad, mm. you know, that was mainly going to be a photo book. And yeah. now actually it's equal words and photos because it really really helped me i mean it's like you know if you write for an audience then you're always worried about what they're thinking but if you write for yourself or or create anything first and foremost then it was worth doing and um i find that just writing like getting it down like there isn't a huge audience for a zine about our cat um there's a lot of cat scenes out there, but um, yeah. that shouldn't matter though, should it? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. just really helped me. It was just, and it, actually, it was like two days after he died that I just couldn't. You know, I felt so terrible. I can't feel like that. You know, that mm-hmm. yeah. in the great scheme of things, it's just your cat died. But actually, starting to write about it really, really helped. Okay, and, mm. and then, That's brilliant, mate. I mean, yeah, I've, done, yeah. I've done the same. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's a you know both of these sort of publications they're sort of celebrations of life really aren't they that's oh yeah yeah that's very much what we want them mm. to be yeah yeah well it's it's interesting you say that because it, it kind of leads on to this philosophy you've got as well guys is which I, know you... <laughs> well, I might be overstating it a bit but yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> which you, i know you send out this postcard um 
whenever I buy something, I get I get a postcard from, from you. It's lovely because you actually write, uh, you know, but it's not like you just stick it in a bag and send it to me. There's always a note attached, but it's often on the back of the Colossive Manifesto, um, which you wrote, which we loved. We were passing it between us um, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And one of the first, the first thing on it is whatever your story is, it's worth telling, which I think ties into what you're saying there, Jane, as well. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of become our byline now. We stuck that on the top of the website because it's... <laughs> yeah. Because that, that just struck a chord with people, you know, like you say. Definitely. So how did you come up with this whole manifesto? I mean, sh- shall I read the next one and we can maybe talk about them all, but be inspired, not intimidated by other people's work, communicate and collaborate, find something you love doing and find a way to carry on doing it no matter what. Work with what you have, but never stop learning. Read and listen actively to other people's stories. That's That's sometimes not an easy thing to do. Um, don't overthink it, get on with it and finish it, which is something we say on this pod all the time. Yeah. And remember anything's better than a blank page, which, you know, so I mean, all so valid and nearly all of those are things we've talked about guys on here over the years, haven't we? Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah. I mean, that kind yeah. of ethos of just fucking going for it. You can spend, you can tie up yourself up yeah. in knots thinking about stuff to do and just get making it. That's the yeah. best. I mean, it all came about because about this time last year, we were invited to, uh, give a talk on the LD Comics monthly online. Yeah, we've watched it. It's very good. Yeah, oh, yeah, thank yeah, really you. Good. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which was absolutely yeah. bloody terrifying at the time. But you know, we, <laughs> at, at the end of it, we just thought, well, we, we'll just sort of, you know, you know, we were talking about this sort of thing because it's it's essentially why we do stuff. And um, so we thought, well, we'll just recap with a few bullet points and jokingly put the Colossus Manifesto at the top of it, thinking, you know, it's a bit overblown but you know we'll we'll say there's, that. there's a history of art movements exactly so, things, yeah. isn't there yeah 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 so but then you know people really responded to it. i mean on the night you know all the comments in the chat people were saying how good it was and so we we, we i can't remember now we put it up on the we'll site and eventually quickly stick it on a postcard yeah so we've got these postcards <laughs> I mean, like you say tony we bung them over the nord and we just have them lying around on the table when we're doing fairs and stuff you know and people people will take them and post them and say oh this is so inspiring so it's you know, that, that's, that's very gratifying because to us, this is just, you know, well, this is why we do stuff, but it's obviously struck a chord with people. And just, oh, we can't end. take our, well, we try to take our own advice, but we don't always. And that's the truth. Yeah, mm. we're the same. Yeah. Well, this is kind of, you know, being inspired, not intimidated by other people. I mean, that goes back a bit to the, you know, being anxious about meeting people in Gosh on a Friday night because they're, you know, these people who do these fantastic comics and you think, oh God, they don't want to talk to me, you know, and of course they yeah. do, you know. I'd like to point out that I've spoken to Tom in Gosh on a Friday night and he yeah. was fine. <laughs> about to me. Yeah. I don't know how terrified he was before. Um, <laughs> he that was right. me. I was, I was a terrified one. But the um, being inspired and not intimidated by others' work is a great one, I think, as well. And also I'd add to that is, is don't think it's a competition. It's exactly, not, yeah. yeah. And don't just get paralysed thinking, well, because my work's not going to, you know, look like that. You know, your work is going to look like your work, whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, that yeah. ties into the stuff, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to draw comics and, you know, to a to a certain standard, you know, and I can't. And it would wind me up if I tried to do it and would not be satisfying. So I, I have to find other ways of doing it. So whether it's mm. found imagery or collage or, you know, photography and text, you know, you just yeah. find a way that, that, that works for you. It's a strange ethos that you think that because someone's better at something it would stop you making it because everything you do there's probably someone in the world better at you than doing oh, what yeah. Yeah, exactly. you're doing so just make the comic mm. not yeah. necessarily even better but different you know they, they're turning their yeah. skills in one direction you've got different skills so use those and do mm. what, what you're good at 
you know, with my, you know, I'm I'm trying to do book artsy stuff because that's what I'm into, you know, and I can, you know, work in interesting, interesting print formats and, I think I think the thing that you you do as well is not only are you both active in making you know art and comics and zines and stuff, but you're also um, nurturing and encouraging others to do it through your imprint, aren't you? Which well, carries to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you have a philosophy for you know? Oh, I quite like that bloke. I quite like I quite like that lady's art. I'm not sure about that dude. Do you know? Is this? Do you have a sort of something you're looking for, or is it just something that sparks? Um. I don't know. I mean, you see some something or someone's. I mean, thinking specifically about the cartographies because that's most of what we've worked with other people. Yeah, you just see something like a you know a sense of design or something or an approach to you know the page that you think well that would kind of map onto the the format for the cartographies. And then equally, you just think, oh, that's someone whose work I admire. Mm. And yeah, and no, no, they'll it. do something. Yeah. Yeah, you know, at this point, we should say you are all invited. Yeah. To do oh, yeah, that there's topic. an open invite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very kind. The, um, and um, we'll sign the, the contracts later for that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, it's a really, really long contract. Yeah. A legal team are absolutely yeah. murderous when it comes yeah. to that. I do love the fact that you've got an artist who's called, now is this right, they're called Bungalow World. Yes. yes. That's yeah. the name of the artist, is it? Yeah. That's great. Well, That's well a- that is... <laughs> The name of their, um, what would you call it? That's that's the name they go by. Yes, possibly not um, in pseudonym. everyday life. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, it's like a superhero name. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's a, if you're going to choose one, that's a good one. Yeah, but she's a professional <laughs> illustrator, and she just yeah yeah. Jane said goes by Bungalow World. Well, she's brilliant. Um, she she did this fantastic tea towel that says what well, one day you will own a dishwasher which um, <laughs> you know a one day i will own that tea towel but yeah her cartography was just it's just su- such a simple idea but it's really brilliant and it connects with people which is um it's called antidepressants and then it's just it's pictured like nice drawings of um, stationery, but then renamed uh, as kind of antidepressants, like showing art as therapy. I can't remember what that. No, like. I've got a couple in front of me. So you've got stapler raisin. Yeah. Yes. Which is a kind of a joining of a stapler and an antidepressant. You've got glue bropropion, which <laughs> is a glue pot. Yeah, it's it's fucking genius. I loved it. Yeah, I'd say. Wasn't Joan Collins' husband called Bungalow Bob or something? Do you remember him? Oh yeah, Bungalow Bob. Because well, he had not a lot upstairs <laughs> and quite a lot. And I believe the phrase is quite a lot downstairs. I believe was how that went. Yeah, yeah. Excuse my French, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, was, Bungalow Vince. Can okay, I tell the, a Danny uh, Dyer story? Oh, please do. Briefly. Yeah, oh, please God. do. Danny Dyer was on. Uh, Have I got news for you? And a news story came up, I can't remember the item, but it was called Bungle Chow Chow. And he said, Bungle Chow Chow, that sounds like something when my uh, Chinese gets my order wrong. And it sort of cut to Ian Hislop, like looking at him, but he just burst into laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Bungle Chow Chow. <laughs> my God. Anyway, back to the action. Danny, yeah. yeah that was that was the Dan Butcher, Danny Dyer. The weekly moment. Danny Dyer. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Dyer is slowly turning into um, Britain's version of Stephen Seagal, isn't he? I think he's just becoming ridic- <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, he'll do a oh, film I'm where totally he doesn't get out of a chair. Change. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm up for that. 
Um, and then the other thing, recently we wanted to, I mean, there's many things we want to talk to you guys about, but then one of the things was the series that we, I absolutely loved it, guys, was Fractures. Mm. By the amazingly named Wolfgang Crow, who you told me goes by the name Wolf. He does. Um, yeah, not the one that Sarah knows. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because that's quite an impactful book, isn't it? How did that come? Uh, it is very well. You just got in touch with us. I mean, quite often we get emails from people who I think, think we're, you know, a bit more of a, professional operation got a big are. office yeah. in the city yeah, yeah well same. people yeah. ask yeah. us if you know we need interns or work experience people and stuff like that but um <laughs> yeah we'll go in touch and sort of describe the project and send me a link to it he's he'd originally done a version of it i think for his his ma his illustration ma and he ran to like hundreds of pages and he said oh, okay. you know, i, I want to try and you know reshape this and would you sort of be interested in in working with me on it so you know we looked at it and obviously it was i mean it, it's got better but you know even at that stage it was obviously really important work i mean I, listeners might not know the story um in 2015 wolf was the victim of a homophobic attack and you know the the story is how he recovered from that so well you know yeah so the story been he was working the aftermaths his... of negative and then eventually the, how, he, how he survived and got over it yeah so i, I do it's because he's working in his dad's shop, doesn't he? And this sort of yeah, dude like who is sort of notorious. Works, yeah, yeah this, this notorious thing. meathead of a dude comes in and has a go at him. Huh. And the story, when when I, I heard what it was about and I bought it from you, I thought, oh, maybe, you know, he gets attacked and he has to recover. But the the, the rather, I don't know whether it's gratifying or not, but I was I was cheering for him when he has a go back at the dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, he proper puts up a fight, didn't he, with this massive dude. Mm. I thought, oh, good on you, mate, you know. Um, yeah. But he, he suffers terribly from it. He, you know, he's, he's quite badly injured from it and sort of mentally scarred, isn't it? And it, yeah. it bookends it with him seeing the psychologist at the start, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, you know, it, it's not really a spoiler, but the, the way the story develops is, you know, he subsequently became sort of obsessed with, oh, God, I should have been fitter, I should have been stronger, I should have oh, you know, okay. dealt with it. Right. So he, he becomes like an obsessive sort of gym bunny and he has an eating disorder and, you know, his friends try and pulling back but he, he won't have it and so he, his relationships with his friends suffer so that's right. kind of where the, the you know the meat of the story goes until he, he deals with all that but yeah and so he's, he, he, he's, he, he, he suffers he, ptsd doesn't he i'm guessing oh absolutely yeah yeah okay. so he was um so you know so he sent us his sent me the stuff and i had a look at it and it obviously was really important stuff and i you know at that point thinking oh yeah you know it, it's nice what we're doing but i'd like to sort of maybe expand a bit more and start publishing other people. So it landed just at the time I was thinking that. Right. So, yeah. So I got to him. I said, well, you know, it, yeah, we'd love to love to do something with you, but you know, it is just the two of us doing this round our daytime job. So if, you know, if you're happy to work in that kind of space, then yeah, we'd love to work with you. And he was, you know, and then we had a really productive process of, yeah, editorially sort of condensing the work and thinking how it might, you know, break down into, into pieces you know so now we've got it down to we think a four-part series of probably 48 pages each and yeah. you know working working on the first issue and coming up with the you know the, the point to which it breaks off you know it was really really rewarding it was really really great to work with as well because he was very positive about you know, it's like a cliffhanger isn't it it's like watching yeah. the end of a yellowstone episode or something it's something yeah, happens it's not really hard. what you expect it is a yeah you know, a shocking development. But then, you know, after he'd done that and he started reworking the pages, every time I saw the pages, he just, he's a very strong sort of visual storyteller and finding, using the comics form, you know, it's not just like a storyboard for a film sort of thing. You know, he really, yeah. really uses the, the page to 
get inside his characters and express how they're feeling and he uses imagery and stuff and there's that brilliant scene which is raining those cups down on him yeah i mean that's that so thing beautiful just, man yeah where he's talking to the the psychiatrist in the water sort of gradually filling up the frames as well i mean he's, he's brilliant he really is so inventive at stuff like that he's just a natural comic story to, well not naturally he probably works very hard at it but you know he's got a real gift for yeah. finding those visual metaphors and using the comics page to I think that's. I think you're, what you're you're talking about there. It shows the beauty, and I know it's something that um, he's talked a lot about at Nobrow. No but finding something and then doing your job as an editor, but also knowing that you know helping sort of coax an artist through it, you know, and discuss mm. it and collaborate as an editor. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I was doing, I was making contributions, but like I said, yeah. he, every time the the pages came back, he was adding more and more stuff that you know took me aback. I wasn't expecting it to go in that direction. Yeah. graphically you know it's just it was just great to see and great to be a part of but that that conversation i think with an editor can sometimes inspire different angles and different things mm. and well, you know, if you're just so, yeah. stuck, I mean, stuck in a room on your own it's you know it's sometimes yeah. going to be hard work isn't it you know but and just the amount of material there was you know like i said there were hundreds of pages so you know i, I, I tried to find the you know the quickest route made to be sort of yeah. thing yeah yeah and what was essential you know someone because obviously these lived through all this so he kind of you know finds it difficult to step yeah. back and yeah know, definitely put, make it put it in in a shape you know a, yeah. a narrative sort of shape i mean so, do you yeah, think, so i really enjoyed that throwing that open to the guys do you think that's something that's missing with editors these days i mean we often talk about it don't we about the, what the role of an editor i mean have yeah. you been involved in anything where there's an editor and they've taken control of it a little bit more than you know? uh no i can't say myself i've been involved in a project where editors kind of like really taking the reins as it were i've had great constructive feedback and advice and sort of pushing in a certain direction mm. right but, uh, not so much where they've just completely I think, taken I, it i, I think constructive is the important word isn't it dan it's that sort of um like an editor is, is a very important part of the process um and just as we say like collaboration and communication is, is is the most important part of like any project. Um, the way an editor interacts with a creator as well has to be hugely constructive. And like, I mean, I think probably that's maybe when it comes to some bigger companies um, yeah. where where some creators get a bit browbeaten because they they I don't know just put put their script to one of the big publishers and they turn back and go no 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 you got to do this this and this very dismissive. Yeah. But I think in the sort of more independent community, there's more of a it's a it's a it's a dance, isn't it? It's, it's, you're in it together rather than working for someone. So the editor is trying to help help that project. Yeah, you want it to be the best it can yeah. be. So it's going exactly. to you know, a lot yeah. of times sell or be interesting or yeah. be great yeah. more. Yeah, I think I think there's that that what you're talking about there, V, about being browbeaten by an editor. I think that certainly happens. But I think also we see the the other end of it as well, where you've got someone who's a massive name. Yeah, and how many times have we? I said it recently with a, an Alan Moore book I read, and I felt like saying, "Could have done with an editor putting their foot down here." I've got to be honest with you. You know, I yeah. think that happens as well. But I think in the small press community as well, people will get a project and they'll write their name down as editor, and all they've done really is, you know, spell checked it here and there. Mm. And I think to to be part of it almost from the commencement and say, 
Well, I see what you're doing here, but don't you think we need something more interesting in the middle? This is a slow bit here. What yeah. do you think about that? You know, I think there's a lot of that to be, you know, crafted by two people because it's the, it's the wood for the trees a lot of the time when you're a creator, aren't you? When you can, when you're just looking at that page, you're missing the bigger pictures. Sometimes. I pretty soon you're going to mention this, but like Madeline, but like yeah. my article, I got editorial feedback from both yourself and Simon, and oh, right, I okay. changed it quite not drastically, but it needed more to it. So. I took it away, reworked it, and I think we got the best out of it. So yeah, I loved it, man. I just thought there was one bit of it I just thought was the more interesting of the the main, you know. And I thought oh, I would love yeah. to hear a bit more about that bit. It was almost yeah. So we pulled that bit out and made that more interesting. And... Yeah, it was good, man. Really oh, good. Thank you. More yeah, about yeah, that later on. Folks. Seen that. Yeah, we're really we're really interested there. Simon's done a great job on it. Yeah, it goes live on Kickstarter on Wednesday. I'll mention okay. it again in a minute, but uh, yeah, very good. But just going back to editing, yeah, I mean, I mm. guess. I'm- when you're in the small press, you have that amount of freedom that you're just doing it for your, yourselves, essentially. I guess, you know, in yeah, the, in industrial publishing, you know, the editors also got someone breathing down their neck to get this book out the door and yeah, yeah, you know, have it to a certain. Well, it's this big row at the moment, certain house not- style or whatever, you know. Yeah, I'm, well, I say row. It's that's ridiculous because it's the internet. So it's, there's this, you know, um, a fight in a teacup going on at the moment where they're saying that. Um, some of the DC writers are getting paid less because more money is going to the the main writer on an event. Have you seen this that's talked about recently? No. No. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's not great. So what they're saying is, um, regular. So you'll have the the you know, for example, Mark Wade has denied that he's this is happening to him instantly. But if I use him as an example, Mark Wade is running. Is it Lazarus Planet at the moment? So he yeah. would allegedly, he claims this isn't true, would be getting more money than a writer who's doing Lazarus Planet Wonder Woman, for example. Um, and because he's the showrunner, essentially, of that book. So he's the one who's coordinating all the story beats. And the argument being that, isn't that what editors are meant to do? Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm. which is a funny thing, isn't it? But I think the thing is with editors at, the, you know, bigger comic companies like Marvel and DC is they've, they're just like, they're just spinning plates all the time, aren't they? Mm. Just they just got deadlines written across their desk trying to get stuff yeah. out the door and stuff, you know. Um, yeah. I think the role of the editor is... is more important than people think these days i think and and it should be handled differently i think what you're doing there is perfect yeah um you know that's how i say yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i always give the example of in waves when in waves from no Brow came in sam it was just about the history of surfing and sam took aj away for a bit of dinner and said look what you know what else can we include there and he told this story about his girlfriend and he said well that's that's a big part of it then that needs to be part of it hmm. and that's almost like the main part of it to me yeah know? i mean I've, I've got no idea really <laughs> yeah yeah Beautiful book as well. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Cool. So what have you got coming up? I know, so, so let's cover um, conventions because you did one today, didn't you? We did, yeah. We did the Super Wedge Zine Fair in um, Hackney Wick. Which such was, a hipster, know, not, Tom. Absolutely. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there were some notable outfits, though, weren't there? <laughs> was it, are, we, are, we hitting, um, are we hitting hipster or cosplay moments these days? Sometimes, oh, more we? hipster than cosplay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I went to um, Elcaf. God, first year we did this podcast, do you remember? And there was someone dressed as a scout there. Do you remember? <laughs> a scout? Yeah, like an old school 1940s. Oh, okay. You know. well, it wasn't just the scout. <laughs> and it, I think, it, no, I don't think it was. I think he was much older and had quite a heavy beard, you know, like a, and, uh, and I thought, I kept looking at him thinking, is this some comic I don't know of, some manga or something? <laughs> is this, this sort of hipster cosplay? I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Was it good though? Was it a good event? It was, yeah. I mean, like I said, it got a, it was quite slow at the start because it was in essentially a bar at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. But then, you know, as people started drifting in, 
you know, there, there, there's a bit of passing trade, I guess, who were just people coming in for their whatever lunch and drinks and stuff. But they said there are a few people who'd made a, a trek there especially, weren't there? Yeah, oh, it was just a really nice atmosphere. And people were very interested in what we were doing, and you know, but, right, all, all the table as we It doing. sounds like a cop out because you like if you haven't sold anything, you start thinking. But I've had some really nice conversations, but like we genuinely had like it took. Oh, it was over an hour before we sold anything, well, or, yeah. but like hardly anyone came in. But then you're just meeting other people and chatting and getting ideas, and then it's worth it for that. Yeah. And then, then some people did come in, and we did sell stuff. But yeah, it's just, it's just nice to be among like-minded people. Yeah, you do feel like you're part of something. Even yeah, though, yeah. yeah, everyone's doing like very divergent stuff i mean our stuff's really eclectic but you know the people doing their sort of personal kind of mental health zines and other photography zines but you know it's all all people you know are just just doing their stuff you know they i was, I was surprised to hear that this was the first last year was the first time you did thought bubble i'd have thought you'd have been a, a fixture there guys yeah well the thing is the timing it always kinds of clashes with jane's birthday we normally try to go away then because it's november's a bit miserable but... but also it goes back to this in crowd thing like <laughs> last year when they said um you know when applications were open i said oh we'll apply for that tom said there's no way we won't get in that and, and then... <laughs> only because a lot of our stuff is, is like we say comics adjacent you know we don't have a stack of comics really but there's a lot of that going on there man we thought that we well, thought yeah, that for years I mean, we, but yeah there is a lot day when we got there, yeah yeah, yeah. Dan likes to buy like prints and posters and stuff, don't you, Dan? Yeah, as you well know. <laughs> Usually with inspirational quotes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what have you? And what have you got coming up, guys? You got any other um, conventions coming up, or you booked anything? Do you the lakes and all that sort of thing as well? Well, we've applied for the lakes this year for the first time, so we'll see. See how we get on with that, and we're yeah. going to apply for Thought Bubble again. If we get in both, I'm not sure we'll do both, but we'll see. Yeah, I get you. Mm. It's a big shout on it, that. It's yeah. quite a big cost, isn't it? Yeah. The yeah. lakes isn't cheap, I think, to get up no. and back. I mean, last year, Thor Bubble cost us a fortune, really, but, you know, it was just yeah. more the social. You know, we just wrote it off as a kind of. Social that's, that's how, we, away, that's how we've looked at it. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, and it was great time. just to see people and, you know, the, the Saturday night social bit in the Majestic was, was great. It was really enjoyable. Cool. But closer to home, we've got the South London Comic and Zine Fair. Oh, yeah, um, we're going to talk about this, Is it the 16th of July? Yeah. Which last year, it was, it was so brilliant. Um, and um, Hannah, Becky and Pete worked so hard to organise it. And, um, yeah, be because we are a publisher, we, we know we've got a table yeah. and then applications are open at the moment to individual creators, but that right. is literally 10 minutes down the road for us. So that, that's that's South Nord, isn't it? That's, yeah. Yes. There's Stanley arts, which is, which is a lovely venue. They've done it up quite a bit lately and there's studios there and a nice bar and stuff. So it's a very pleasant place to hang out for a nice sunny day. So is, this year is the first time it's open to applications. Was it invite only previous to that? Is that right? Yes. But yeah, well, was... it was trying to keep it because it was South London. Um, it was mainly South London creators. And yeah. I think it was invitation only, wasn't it? it? Last year it was, yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah. Because I think it's... South London has changed so much, guys, isn't it? Well, I was living in there in the early 80s and it was like, cause cool, rough. But now it's quite cool to live down there, isn't it? You must have seen it, Chad. Oh, it's always been cool. <laughs> <laughs> People just didn't realise. Maybe, um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Now, there's definitely been like wave of gentrification that sort of spread through East Dulwich and Broccoli and yeah, but this is, a bit now. Well, Burnsy pushing yeah. back against yeah. gentrification. It's not uh, <laughs> gentrification's quite negative, isn't it? But it's just it's like you know, you speak to people at Zine Fairs as well. Speaking to someone today and say, oh, you know, where I live, there's nobody. But if you do something, put it out there, it turns out there's loads of people that are interested yeah. and are also creative and. You know, it's just it's people sort of sticking their head above the parapet. You're right. You're right. I mean, I, if you build I, it, I met, they will come. Yeah, I mean, I met Adam Falp <laughs> at Edinburgh Comic Con, and it turns out we live two miles from each mm. other. Yeah. So yeah, there definitely are people around you. You just don't know about it. I suppose because the nature of us all is we're slightly introverted, aren't we? And we just sit yeah. at our desk yeah. and don't really talk to anyone. But yeah, if it once these these things have started and the internet sort of blossomed, it didn't it? I suppose for a while. Um, yeah. Definitely. So that's and what about publication wise? What have you got coming out? So, well, we've got the new this um, cost of cartography number forty three, which will be out in a couple of weeks, I guess, two yeah, or three two weeks, or three I reckon. Weeks. Yeah. So that'll you be, sell them. That'll be the start in... of series eight, which is oh, quite incredible. Right, yeah, because yeah, you send them in batch. You sell them in batches, and do you sell them as individuals as well? Oh yeah, individually, but yeah, but I mean, they're still two quid each, which is, which is <laughs> yeah. ridiculous, or a tenner for the the series of six. Real good, yeah. Which, yeah. So oh, if people subscribe to a series, yeah. they get it, you know, as we publish them. Which oh, you the got like a subscription one, model. That's oh, nice yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. The biggest gap, wasn't it? Because I yeah. think there was about seven or eight months between. Yeah. Our subscribers were very patient. We didn't get yeah. any complaints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. Of course. Cool. So are you going to do a big thing for number fifty, or is that you know? Oh well. I kind of well i don't know that's I been mean, discussed not, not, clearly not i heard flat, in your voice I mean, yeah. Um, yeah yeah that, that would that would be a nice a nice uh, thing to commemorate certainly but we'll yeah, so you've got john byrne lined up for issue 50 <laughs> <or something like that>. <laughs> 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 no that's, that's great guys really good it's been um, a long time yeah coming, i mean actually. fractures two i guess will be the next big thing but i mean that's 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 a long way down the line yeah that'll be like gen like we're saying summer probably Okay, it's not that far away. No, no. Well, I mean, actually, it, once you know? Wolf gets going, he he does rattle off pages pretty quickly. He gets really into it. So yeah, I must get Wolf on for the issue two coming out. That'd be lovely. But that'd yeah, be a, so. like a blink, and we'll be summer again. Yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. So where can people go to uh, find out more about your books and what's coming up, etc.? Well, our website is colossive.com, One L and two S's. Um, on social media, we're on uh, the Twitter and the Instagram as at Colossive Press. For what it's worth, we're on Facebook we are, yeah. as well. But <laughs> at Colossive <laughs> Press as well. Um, yeah. That's us for social media, really, isn't no, it? No yes. OnlyFans or anything like that? No. <laughs> Not yet, no. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's on the to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're trying to update our blog on the site a little bit more often, so that might be worth having a look at. We're trying to include sort of small press information or fairs and stuff like that we we picked up on so well we're gonna yeah. have to do it now yeah. <laughs> <said> that. <laughs> well that was something we'd really neglected we hadn't updated that for god knows how long so mm. yeah time so that's that's to to football, yeah <laughs> yeah well go forth and check them out people and uh you won't you won't turn what you won't look back so, no, I think uh, they're great. I love no. stuff from you guys, and it always comes I'm really plungy. quickly as well. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. be going to that uh, South London one. We're thinking of going, uh, D, aren't we? It's in my old school. Oh wow! Okay, I used to go to Stanley Tech. It's now 
Harris CTC or something. So yeah, that's uh, where Captain Sensible went, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, Royal Songbird. Well, yeah, he's song cried and he mentions it. Yeah. Have you seen the Sensible Garden? No. Sensible garden, the, no. There's a community garden on that, like a bit of old grass opposite the school, and he came and opened it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and now it. I mean, it's. Uh, it, it's been left to rewild a bit now, hasn't <laughs> oh, it? Oh, it's still all right. It's a couple of benches and, you know, yeah. it, it improved on what it was. So was that on South Nord Hill or, or around? No, just um, on the on the high street, sort of opposite the the school. So I'm heading towards the, the Goat House Bridge. Oh, yeah, okay. There's fascinating that. listening for yeah. people who don't have yeah. <laughs> those two advertising. Yeah. There's those two advertising billboards. Is it in that little yeah. rubble in there? Yeah, and this just by the fa- railway line. Yeah. And this is a fascinating. Inter- it's like listening to a conversation <laughs> between someone and my dad. Right. Um, <laughs> and press the red button and you can yeah, get plenty yeah. more of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I look forward to checking out that Captain Sensible's garden. Yeah, it's, not the, it's not the first time Dan said that. Uh, thanks very much, guys. Well, Enjoy. thank you for having us. It's been a treat. Well, there you go, folks. Wasn't that wasn't that great and inspiring? Lovely stuff. Yeah, definitely check out their website. Yeah, really some lovely stuff there. Um, yeah, and I need to. And there's an open invite to you two guys to do one. I'm quite into that. Yeah, Good cartography. I'd like to see something you do. I was looking at. I, do you know, what? I love that the way that it's all folded and stuff. I, I was yeah, they're something. lovely things to have. Yeah, really yeah. I'm, I'm currently yeah. in a sort of um, creative mindset of trying to decide what to do next, where where to go next. So, okay, you know, and I, I, you know, flex your I, muscles on that. I did sex uh, tape. Oh, um, I don't, I've got to be careful where I flex my muscles down. You know, um, <laughs> but yeah, I was doing. You, you know, you get yeah your um office studio slash whatever it is you know that general tidy up of your sort of work area and um i'm talking about like actual studio not like manscaping anyway um um but yeah and i was so rooting through you know when you find old papers and old sketches and old notes and you're thinking yeah and you you end up wasting half the time looking through it thinking bloody hell how naive i was or, or maybe finding an idea that was actually quite good. And I just found a stack of like pads and paper and like pens and stuff. And I thought, and I had this itch and like some, some old sort of illustrations I did. And I thought, oh, I've, I know I've got like the iPad, but I just, I need the ink and paper. I need to get some ink yeah. and paper in my life. Yeah. Your stuff seems I'm... to lend itself to that, Vince, your yeah. style. Yeah. You didn't um, mention that, that. Um, June book I put on the uh, WhatsApp the other day, it, man, it so reminded me of your work. The oh yeah, uh, very flattering. Ho- because that was, yeah, that was professional. Really, yeah. I looked at it, I thought, what? fucking hell, Vince could be drawing this. Who put that out? Uh, it's a June book by Boom, I think. Oh, Boom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom yeah. and June. I've got a Boom one to talk about in a minute, actually. Nice, mm. nice. Uh, speaking of talking about some comics, we have some shout-outs for you, lovely people, and. A new segment. Oh yes. Oh yeah, we yes, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But before that, what, what shout outs have we got, gents? Shall I do mine, Dan? Because you can sure. do your, your new your new thing as well. So I've got two. Tony, the comics T-shirts. Now I don't know if any everyone knows this, but Falpy never tires of trolling me. So <laughs> he has produced a T-shirt with my face on, um, which he's now put for sale. But because it will make me feel better, um, five pounds of the sale of each T-shirt goes to Mind. So if you want a T-shirt with my stupid mug on it. Um, go to tributepress.co.uk and and a part of that will go to mind. And we'll make it virtually nothing out of it. Um, also, coming out this week on Wednesday is the Kickstarter for Madeline. Um, I think you're not in it, V.I.E. I can't remember. 
No, no, I'm not. No, just me and Dan. And, and, and a host of other people are coming out. So it's, it's a project that uh, Simon Russell, our buddy, has put together. And it is a book of um, memories that come from comics. Uh, it's a really lovely idea that started as a zine, but loads of people got their skins for in it, for fuck's sake. Wow, There's nice. some real yeah. cracking people. Paul Rainey, uh, Eamon, loads of people off the, off the slack um, are in it. And so it's now he's kickstarting it because it's going to have to be perfect bound because it's there's too many pages to staple if it's <laughs> Um So he's, he's kickstarting it. Kickstarter does not allow you to raise money for charity, but I can tell you that the money is just being used to post it out and print it, and that is it. Any other money will likely find its way to an Alzheimer's charity. Put it that nice. way, um, which is is in keeping with it. Um, if you listen, if you so it comes out Wednesday. It lands on Kickstarter Wednesday morning. If you want to know a little bit more about it, I did an interview with Simon that's out on the NIA uh, feed at, at the same time as the Kickstarter lands. So have a listen to that. Me, him, and Eamon. So I had to talk through, it and it's lovely. We just talked about things that remind you of things. You know, we can almost chart our lives through what comics are coming out. Sometimes, can't we? Mm. Yeah. You know, like I remember where what comic I read on holiday, but I don't remember loads about that holiday, nah. you know, for example, yeah. and stuff like that. So look out for that. It's called Madeline. And you'll also find out why it's called that. It's a really interesting story. There you go. There nice. Dan. Yes, me. So first off, we've got uh, an event, Lawless Comic Con, uh, which yep. is just around the comic com, corner, comic. What the fuck am I corner. talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the 27th and 28th of May, 2023, at the Double Tree by Halton Hotel, Bristol. Uh, so go check that one. Absolutely, I wrote off, read off the guest list last time, and it's fucking massive. So yeah, uh, go check that. Go to lawlesscomiccon.co.uk, and you can go check that out. See what's going on there. We've got a Kickstarter coming up by James Blundell. Predators, a one pound twelve page comic short when a man is rejected by a woman at a club brings out his dark side. However, has he bitten off more than he can chew? So that's going to be launching soon. You can sign up. Well, I mostly just used to go home and crank. After. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got just enough time. We've got another 10 days when you hear to this to uh, Bullet Adventures issue one to three. The Speedy Superhero series continues. Uh, that's smashed through its goal. So back that one, check that one out. We've got uh, The Gentleman Ghouls, another nine days to go on that. That's absolutely obliterated target by friend of the show, Alfie Gallagher. Uh, the, the Apocalypse Trilogy, uh, which is ready to rock and roll. And f- lastly, but not leastly, it's the uh, no, one more thing. We've got the Spawn Hub reading group going oh, yeah. on in, in the slack and this week we're from today till next sunday we're, we're working on issues five to ten which is the interesting part of the run which i can really sticks out in my mind is when they had alan moore neil gaiman uh and dave sim as well dave sim i've yeah. just read the alan moore ones and essentially he sets up the entire spawn potentially sets up the entire spawn megaverse all the worlds like these all these levels of hell and stuff all so right. much ideas packed in there. And essentially, Todd uh, McFarlane just gives out the two fingers and then goes off and does something completely different. <laughs> it's like, look, mate, he's built the entire skeleton for what you can do here. There's so many stories you can do with this. And you just fuck it all off and just meander f- from what I remember. Well, this is what part <laughs> of this reading group's about, going back over it. But That's a great idea, man. I think we should have more of them. I think that's a, gr- a superb idea. Yeah, It's a good way because like, in, in we've got a Slack channel for it and people put stuff in there and notice stuff and there was stuff that i didn't notice like one of the news stories in one of issue one like they had al simmons who's the, who becomes hellspawn i was voted as one of the best looking men in the world or something and it's like isn't he like a secret agent why would he be why would that be on the news <laughs> it's 
it's a real kind of misstep from the right in front but it's what, kinda, what they were smoking back at those early yeah, days of energy knows everything but yeah. everything we yeah. life where conan saw didn't he he was earning so much money <laughs> yeah. he, well, he funny, got caught no mate sorry he got caught up in a bit of controversy about how much he paid for stephen platt's artwork this week right if you saw uh, any of that no, I didn't see that. Yeah, no, he, he, it's not like him to be I, caught up in a bit of. No, yeah, what? Yeah. What Rob Liefeld? Funny enough, um, this week um, I sent through. So, do you remember we had the competition for the book we just talked about with yes. Tom and Jane for fractures? And I sent it. The, the person who got the question first was um, uh, Gary. Sorry, it was Gareth Hopkins. So I sent Gareth the book through, but I included. I have a spare trade. You know, if you ever saw these comic creator trading cards, have you ever seen them? No, and they're all like, "Oh, this is a picture of Paul Kupperberg, and it's like a nice picture of him smiling, you know, signing at a convention or something like that." Or this is a picture of George Perez, you know, just you know, head and shoulders picture. Hmm. The only one that's different from that is Todd with his shirt off and a baseball bat. (laughs) (laughs) And I put it in. I put it in the package to Gareth. He went, "Oh, I got the book through. Thanks a lot." Oh, and I got that trading card as well. (laughs) (laughs) Remember those little intros he used to do before the Spawn cartoon? I love that. that. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. He was so nice. It was nice to me when I met him. He was all right. Yeah, he seems all right. Funny as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really funny. And and last but not least, uh, new segment of the show, ACB Boss of the Week, which we give a shout out to someone who thinks this gone above and beyond. And this week is for Matt Strott. Cool. Uh, He started up a new work regime where he's getting up at 5 a.m., which is a silly time to get up to do comics. But (laughs) that's the time he's got, and he's making time to make comics. Uh, and so There's some just, great stuff coming out and what sort yeah. of character design stuff at the moment isn't it lovely stuff you can check out his stuff on Twitter at Messy Comics M-E-S-Y-C-O-M-I-C-S and well done Matt that's like taking inspiration from that getting up doing the work and finding the time there's always time in the day you can find to do what you want to do yeah and he's on the Spawn Hub as well isn't he he is on Spawn Hub he's one of the main reasons we started the Spawn thing because I talked about it briefly on the show and he, he kind of fired up an idea and then yeah. before we got it, we got Spawn Hub on the go. I'm hopefully having dinner with him at um, Baltimore. Oh, September. fantastic. Nice. That'd be awesome. yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Me, him and uh, Mr. Cumber, that's going to be a chuckle, isn't it? That, yeah, yeah. That'd, be, that'd be lively. <laughs> so yeah, get get uh, go follow Matt, go check out his work and uh, jump on the Spawn Hub where we're all firing back and stuff back and forth about Spawn. So this, week, this week's issue is going to be five to ten. Cool. Nice work, man. Mm. Nice. Good. And speaking of nice, I think it's time to recommend some comics, hmm. lovely people. So, so I've uh, got one we've all read. Should we start on that one, guys? Yeah, that's good that yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the first one is we kindly got sent through from Zoop. Um, thanks, guys. Um, so it's called the Butterfly House. It's um, color cover, black and white interiors, twenty six pages, hmm. written by Paul Allor. Last time I was trying to figure out last time we spoke about Paul, and I think it's when he did that Tet book about Vietnam. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's like year one of the pod. Really good. And then I wow. think I met him at New York after that. He was doing a sign in there. Um, really good writer. Art by Juan Romero, edited by Claire Napier, who I'm social media friends with. Mm. Um, I think um, she did some of the Alpha pod flight, didn't she, I think, with Gareth back in yeah. the day. Oh, nice one. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's currently on Zoop crowdfunding. If you listen to this on the day of release, um, which will be the 13th of February 2023. It'll have nine days to go. Could do with a little push over the edge. Um, it's um, it's a it's a hair away from being funded, I think, to be fair. Published by a company called Pink Midnight. This was sent, as I say, th- sent to us by Jordan at Zoop. Thank you, Jordan. Um, I lo- the cover, 
it reminded me, I don't know what you guys think, it reminded me the cover of a re-release of an iconic sci-fi book or yeah, something like you. that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's got that sort of representative cover. Yeah. Um, which isn't necessarily what you find inside, but is very iconic and eye-catching. Yeah. Is that a fair assessment, guys? Yeah, I, I, I think a cover like this for the story, we don't want to do spoilers, but for the story, this kind of cover is, is kind of what you're going to go for. Cause, yeah, it gives a hint, doesn't it? But, yeah, you don't literally do what it's in the book. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say, from my own personal taste, I found it a little too clean for what was inside. Okay, but I see the from a sales point of view and a noticing it on a shelf point of view, and we'll be, I'll be talking about this in my other recommend. This was by far a great idea to have on a shelf because it's it's something people will spot from Pops a off. distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the interiors are wordless and they follow what's referred to widely as dream logic. Um, I don't like. I don't mind that as a style. I actually quite like that thing. Although there's nothing more boring than someone telling you about their dreams. But I don't know why. But I find it more interesting in a comic. It makes sense, um, or in a movie. It's or visualized, a isn't it? Like yeah. there's a visual representation. Yeah. Someone's saying, oh, "I dreamt about Ian a Cadbury's cream egg." It's much more interesting to see artwork of that. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I <don't> know. <laughs> kind of start going with that, and then for oh, there, there's, there's the fan art challenge of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Coming after Vanguard, I'd, the cream one, egg challenge. Yeah, one notice. Do you think is this post-apocalyptic? Well, I wondered that. I was going to give a quick summary of what maybe. Okay. Yeah. So a man appears. He's walking. He's out hiking. I would say, um, and he notices one of those sort of glass-roofed kind of buildings. The sort of building you would find. Funny enough, we just talked about Crystal Palace, but this is the kind of building you would find in Crystal Palace or something yeah. like that, or you know that sort of thing. Um, and it's like one of those old-school butterfly houses. And he walks in, and there's nobody about, and he's wandering around. And although it's black and white, you get a sense that there's a, there's a lushness and a greenness to the in, inside of this, um, this this house. And there's butterflies everywhere flying over his head. And he walks about unbothered by anything. And he reaches out his arm and a butterfly lands on it. And it's very pretty. And then he wanders in deeper into the building and he's confronted all of a sudden by a full surgical team who are standing there. Doctors, nurses, technicians, all surrounding this bed. And you, as a reader, you realise it's for him at the same time he realises it, I think. Hmm. And from that point, it kind of goes off on one and follows that dream logic thing, hmm. which I don't think we should spoil, but there's no, I agree. There, there's some yeah. strange moments in it, which only yeah. makes sense. It feels like a dreamlike scenario. I mean, rather than it being sort of post-apocalyptic, you know, I do get that sense of, it, feel, it feels like a dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know when you have those. Oh, I, I was, I turned up at this butterfly house, and then this happened, and then this happened. It was really weird. Yeah, you know, it's like it does feel very much like that. Have you ever been to like a butterfly house in real life? Yeah, yeah, have. Yeah, fucking horrible. (laughs) They they (laughs) supped upon my blood, Daniel. Oh no, they didn't. Uh, They're they're really hot in there, and because I I was with family going through one, and I was like, I'm not going in there. So when I said, because if one lands on me, I can't promise you I'm not going to kill it because I don't, I don't want shit landing on me. <laughs> What's the difference between a butterfly and a moth? Anyway, we don't like moths, do we? And they seem very similar to me. You know? They come out at night, don't they? The moths. Oh, do they? And oh, uh, uh, also, moths are bigger bastards. Yeah. yeah. Humanity really fucked up moths up, didn't we? By inventing light at night. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. They. I'll say I'll, just quickly to comment on the art on this. I think it's really solid. Oh, I, think, yeah. I really like Juan's it, yeah. work on it. He uses um, a lot of panels and pages that show close-ups and uses, because it's wordless, you have to use like small and sudden movements and and, and he uses a lot of work in it as a shorthand to story, hmm. which I really like. Um, it's uh, it's almost 
a little bit of an oddity in the story. It's almost like a extended, not as not as um, nude, nude or violent as maybe a creepy and eerie, but it has that shock thing going on, doesn't it? Yes, it's a kind of a twist to it. But this is, I will say this: this is a story set in a butterfly house. What are more beautiful and colourful than butterflies? Hmm. I don't know why this is in black and white. I think there's a oh, chance okay. there'd have been a chance there to make it a colour book. I, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I tell you what would have been really nice, um, and it may be just down to the, the price of printing. But if hmm. like the art, yeah, might black, be, yeah. yeah. If, if the art was black and white, but all every single one of the butterflies was colour, that'd, that'd have been would lovely, be man. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also a story beat. Yeah, because that kind of plays into the end of it, doesn't it? You know, yeah. man. If they had done those yeah. spot spot gloss on yeah. the butterflies, that that have increased the printing price I, about threefold. I will say this. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> I'm not I, saying it's bad. I enjoyed no, that. No, no, I really no. did. Yeah, I yeah. found it a really a really pleasurable read to yeah. go through, and I think it really works well as a word. And the butterflies are drawn yeah. beautifully as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's you, interesting. You, yeah. You I say they, they use texture as uh, as like uh, what, what's that zipper tone kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a great play on this, isn't a great yeah. watch almost at play in as well, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it works, and I, I think it's being it, at the ascent. Let's not call it Kickstarter because it's not Kickstarter, but Zuper crowdfunding it, which I think works. But I find it more interesting in a way in that this is the first of a series of one-off comics, um, which I think makes it and it, it becomes more interesting to me suddenly rather than just being this sort of one-off project. I think if this is going to be the start of a series that. Paul, Juan, and Claire are working on in hand in hand, and keep releasing this as a series of one-off strange comics. It, it's almost like tracks on a Zapper album to me. You know, yeah. it becomes it becomes a, a whole, and and it actually becomes an interesting thing. And if there was a subscription service just to subscribe to these books by Paul, Juan, and Claire, I would be I'd be all over it. I think it's a really good idea. Yeah, they all know what they're doing. I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's nice that we read it, and, and to be fair, we got what four comics through from Zoop, and yes. this is the one we all read and went, "I like that one." That one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not to say the other ones weren't great, but this is the no. one that we sort of all Stand went, out. "Yeah, kind of dig." Well, it's an easy one to to discuss. Uh, yeah. The other ones require a bit more kind of uh, investigation. What was the other one called, Dan? Uh, the Spies, Sex and Spies. Is that the correct title? Uh, not sure. Uh, give me, it a shout because they're very let, kindly sent it through. If you just f- filibuster for a second, I'll look uh, it up on my folder. Yeah, it's called, I've got it here. It's called Sex, Spies, and Rock and Roll. There you and go. There's quite a few issues of those. There's volumes one, two, and then we got sent a preview of issue three as well. And that's um, a hit spy adventure series here. Um, uh, and they sent us things to catch up, featuring exclusive cover by Steve Scott. Yeah, so like an origin well. series as well. An origin cover. Ah, yeah, there's right, lots okay. of it to it. Yeah. So yeah. they're kind of like, you get different stories within that, uh, right? Different okay. artists about different spires and different events, but uh, it does get a bit racy. That one, I've got to say, good like that. Yeah, I, I say a bit racy. It gets really racy. There's like <laughs> it goes graphic, full on. Gra- graphic. Gra- graphic scenes of graphic. Good, we like that. We're all <laughs> about that on here. Scenes of graphic, just. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's amazing yeah, yeah. we could talk about the absolute stuff we fucking talk about, and then we're falling over this bitch. Yeah. Don't want to yeah. do a disservice. We should have the ACP grading, shouldn't we? Dongs, yeah. it should be this. You know, it's like close up yeah. brown eyes, it should be this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. So. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my no. first one. No. That is called The Butterfly House, mm. published by, it's on Zoop currently. Go to Zoop, the platform, go and, go and back it, and it's published by Pink McKnight. There you go. Nice. Perfect. 
Dan, what's I've got name? some quickfire recommends for three oh, of them. Okay. Uh, I've got through my Kia Wordsmith from uh, nice. Time Bomb. Is that, yeah, Time Bomb comments. Yeah. I wish Ian would put more effort into a page sometimes, don't you? <laughs> yeah, God, sla- <laughs> man slacking. Oh, He's not a toysie. No, no. Ian's yeah. artwork on this is absolutely phenomenal. Like, uh, just, yeah. Yeah, the, the kind of like the, the ethereal nature of some of the layouts and the artwork uh absolutely love it uh I, I did a pin-up which is included in it and i didn't really know much about the characters until uh i started reading the comic so i was kind of like oh okay it was interesting seeing them then pop up but ian's work the, the expressions and just everything about it love it this and one of the pin up pinups is not just by yourself. He's got one by Ian's daughter as well, which is absolutely lovely. Oh wow, I didn't know. Really that. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's um, I think she's quite busy doing some comics. So uh, yeah, keep an eye out. But that'd be good. I think we were oh. chatting about Ian yesterday. Um, we, I was chatting to Simon and Eamon, and we were saying like, oh, you know, I think Eamon said to Ian, oh, any chance of doing this cover for DUI three? And uh, like two days later, he got he gets a fucking Picasso through on the email. Oh. You know, like fucking hell. One Jesus. of the other things I've got to point out, the Grant Richards one he done as well. That's great. That. Grant's That's great, man. Love Grant. Absolutely lovely stuff. I, I love following Grant on, on Instagram. He puts out some great stuff. Mm. Why that dude isn't doing like... I wish Vertigo was still here. He should be doing yeah. covers for them. And, you know, amazing. I was fucking bitching about Instagram. That fucking annoys me, that platform. They've really <laughs> fucked that up. I used to... Right, I've got these artists and I occasionally add artists to them. I just love seeing all their artwork. Now yeah. you go on and there's this bun- so much shit. Like, loads of stuff I'm not interested in. Videos of like like TikTok videos of someone pratt- pratting around. So uh, what's this? I don't want this. So uh, yeah, they've decided I like the Office. I've never seen the fucking Office in my life. The American version. All I think to get is videos of clips. Yeah. Uh, okay, so moving on to my second one, uh, okay. Spandex. I've recommended this one before uh, by Ross Radke. It's on Webtoon. I really okay. Recommend- Toshi, Toshi, aka the Botfly, becomes the the sidekick and lover of the world's most powerful superhero masterpiece. And the the latest update is uh, he's kind of working out some of the stuff with the the plot. So he's done like an extended uh, intro uh, uh, prequel, a bit of like this character, the Botfly, of him kind of growing up. And he's got a lovely little backstory. And uh, Ross's artwork is fantastic. I've got another book by him. He's done uh, like a kaiju comic. Which I've got that sitting in my to read pile. All right, cool. Get stuck into, but I still find the, the about him. The the web the webtoons stuff fascinating. I'm like, I don't know. So part of me really likes it. Other things like, how's this going to work? And so there's there's a superhero comic, one of the bigger ones on the platform, which I've been looking at, called the Uniques, and that's been going since 2018, and it's got ridiculous amounts of updates on it. And when I first looked, I got the first one, I thought, well, how long is this going to be? It can't be that many if it's been got so many episodes because it's ridiculous amounts of it. But there, there's so much artwork and you're scrolling on it for ages. Uh, so give it a bit of a blurb on that. Powers are common, but heroes are not in the world. Uh, and it's third and final act. The Uniques is a story of growth change beginning in 1996 where the Uniques, people born with incredible powers, have changed the world. Uh, so I've only just started. I'm only a few episodes in, but it goes all the way Let's go. How many episodes are we on to? Season two, episode twelve. So there's there's a lot to read. There's 115 entries, and if You're it was, right. was the first couple, you'd be reading fucking forever. So there's a lot to go through on that one. So uh, that's the Uniques by Comfort and Adam on uh, Webtoons, and you got Spand X by Ross Radke, uh, which is also on Webtoons. I'll send that one through to you guys now on our little WhatsApp group, so you can uh, check that one. 
Nice. So, yeah. My two little quick, well, three quick recommends. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Um, my one, which is obviously I was going to talk about it next week, is a Euro- well last week last is week. a <clears throat> is a European book um, by Enrico Marini. Um, nice, well, it's, love it's, him. T- it's two yeah. books actually. It is his title Noir Burlesque, put out by uh, well the translation put out by Europe Comics. Um, I was just going to read. Uh, there's part one and part two are available now. I was just going to pu- read part one for um, last week's show before I um, came down with. With the sickness. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was no need for that. Disturbed. That's totally need for that. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, but yeah, I was going to read part one. Um, halfway through part one, I then immediately bought part two to read. Excellent. That's got to be done. On the quite frankly frustrating uh, platform that is <laughs> Comixology, uh. that's another co- conversation because... I have thoughts. Um, but I did read Noir Burlesque, parts one and part two. Um, for those that don't know, um, this is the synopsis for book one, which I'm going to read. Um, after a hold-up gone wrong, Slick finds himself deep in the red with with local mafia boss Rex. But that's not the only thing setting them at odds. They also have their sights set on the same woman, the beguiling Caprice. She's inv- engaged to Rex and headlines his club, where she thrills the nightly crowds. She's off limits, but Slick has never been one for limits. And he has unfinished business with Caprice, who was once his own sweetheart before the war pulled them apart. After all these years, there's no love lost between them, but that doesn't mean the old spark isn't alive. And now they're playing with fire. Taking inspiration from the Hollywood noir films of the 1950s, Enrico Marini delivers a gritty graphic novel combining crime, love, jealousy and betrayal. Well, it doesn't say in the synopsis. And this is fucking amazing, and has already jumped jumped into my top five books of the year. Oh wow! Yeah, and, um, and boobs. And yeah. uh, yes, it's a very sexy book. Mm. Um, and I think that's the way. I, would, I it isn't like it's obviously for adults. This is a like a, a proper sort of black and white noir like story with with hints of uh, color in terms of like the red color, which is used for Caprice's um, hair. Um, but it is a proper black and white, you know, gum, you know, mafia bosses. And I was watching him draw, um, draw some of these characters just a few short weeks ago. Yeah, it, he was it, in the OA tent drawing some of this stuff. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's a phenomenal uh, sort of. You, you can tell, like, this is a story that is told by someone who really sort of loves this sort of genre. There's a, there's a respect there, but. Also, he wants it's it's Marini's version, and and Marini, you know, draws he he can draw some sexy women, he can draw some handsome men, and they. they I've they, got a feeling we got the first, but we got the first announcement around this book, because when I interviewed I think, him in 2019, I asked him what he was doing, and he said he was moving on to a book called Noir. Yeah, yeah, right. I think yeah, 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 yeah. and this That's is cool, totally it? it. I mean, what what's beautiful about about this as well is a real anyone who's watched Marini's artwork knows that he's not one to skimp on details I and mean, we've said between us before Jesus Christ you know his not... style just he applies his style to whatever the, the, the book wash, is the ink washes yeah. and watercolours but just the there's double page spreads which are just city streets do you know what I mean? And you can see every window in the building. You can see the posters that are on the background of the, you know, the films that are in that were showing at the pictures. 
at that particular day you know the the people in the background there's pattern on their dresses that there's time relevant cars of the day um but with all that you never lose track the eye is always drawn to the focal characters and um i mean he's he's a genius he's a absolute it's a masterclass we've been fans of uh, this creator for many years now but if you haven't heard of him before get these books and immediately you'll go through and you'll want to discover like the look the likes of raptors and uh what's the oh, one? Desert, desert star De- eagles, desert of rome. Star. Yeah, eagles, eagles of rome, yeah. eagles of rome. Um, there's a new one coming to that he's hinting he's hinted at that recently oh, really yeah yeah and obviously he's done some batman work as well um, yeah they got him to do stuff like that um but this is if you, if you fancy selling your house you can probably buy some OA off him as well actually. yeah yeah and this is totally that <laughs> yeah. because every page of this you know you'll read this book and you'll read it quick it's not it's not a heavy read it's definitely not a heavy no. read it's, it's got it's got a pace to it as these stories do you you know the setup um and yeah, yeah there's a few layers you know there's people backstabbing people there's there's certain storylines going on but we know where we are with it and there's mm. a, there's a comfort to that so especially with a pulpy noir story you, when you when you want to read this kind of book i know what i want from it and this book delivers it you know i don't want to you know i think if you're in a book club then you had a themed night i would read this alongside a black sad oh you know, god yeah, yeah. Sort of, what, what make for a great what, night of reading you know if if comic books and graphic novels could make double bills like movies do black sad and this yeah this would be the one after wouldn't it because yeah, it's much yeah. saucier but yeah, yeah 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 and it is you know it is saucy but that's not to say you know there's still the crime story going through it it's just got that real seductive element running through it as well because it's the traditional sort of erotic thriller kind of thing but in a pulp setting um every his character designs are wonderful you never sometimes when we read comics we lose track of who people are you never do that with him no, you don't um, with him. No, yeah. the Eagles of Rome is a great one for that. Yeah. Desert Star, yeah. man. Fucking and some of the dialogue. Love that book. Some of the dialogue as well. There are some. There are some shocking moments. What some of the characters say. Who's translated yeah. it? Is it your buddy? Um, who translated it? Uh, is it Edward Govan. It's uh, he did. He uh, translated Dan, one. We did. Dan Christensen. Oh, okay. Um, cool. Yes, this first. Well, it's, uh, of course, it's Doug. How do you say Doug Gore? Who's the publisher? Dargard. 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 Yeah. 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 Uh, originally went out, it's, I mean it's got the copyright 2021 but I know these came out at the end of last year uh, end of 2022 well, why have I why have I got a hardback of this Vince in French because um, I got it because you? you bought it for me for Christmas <laughs> yay <laughs> I thought yeah. I mean there's, a, there's also there are artists that translate that transcend language barriers as well oh yeah i just want to so, I, I, I tried to buy all of his books hardback yeah, yeah. yeah even though they're in french yeah. yeah and as i was saying like you'd read it quite quickly you go through and you read this story as i did just one night an absolute wonderful night of just cu- cup of coffee sat down and just read a great story um and then you read it and then you want to go back and look at some of the just pages and you, and and you'll look at them and just think i wish i had the money for the original art <laughs> because yeah. every page even if it's just a conversation between you know a couple of crime lords in a go and have a look at his instagram you can see him drawing it yeah really yeah. cool yeah. Man, when yeah. he's doing like the watercolor washes on his inks it's mm. like man you're just such a practice pro yeah because like boom 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 doing this yeah. doing the art great yeah um, super nice as well what is it? i hadn't seen him since 2019 and he walked through the tent i was in and he said hello 
very nice guy huge attended guy clearly making comics of different genres um, and just absolutely smashing it you know um, I love that he sort of he loves that sort of historical sort of genre though do you know what I mean mm. he loves yeah, sort they of they do out there don't they yeah, yeah. Um, and he does it very well always looking forward to what he's going to do next but um, until until then um, Noir Burlesque part one and part two are available now um, from wherever you just just search for them um, and the translations available on Comicsology. but please 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 seek it out you will not you will not mm. miss it because these are special books and um, yeah I'm in love with pretty much every character in, the, in this book as well which is mm. uh, I, need, I need to ask myself some questions <laughs> So, because I tell you what, that slick—he's a fucking handsome man. Anyway, he, he does a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got—he's got a jaw you could cut your meat on. <laughs> now, hang on, that sounded a bit weird. Tony, <laughs> what, what do you want? Tony, the last one. Want? Last one is a book called Harrower. I'm going to invite you guys to look up the cover because I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, okay. To be fair, I, I impulse bought this because it's because our buddy is Matt Harrower. And so I just saw I could send in the cover and said, "Is this book about you? Are the are you the angel of death?" Mm-hmm. Um, it's published by Boom Studios, created by Justin, written, created by Justin Jordan and Bram Revel, written by Justin Jordan, illustrated by Bram Revel, uh, lettered by Pat Brousseau, edited by John Moisan. Uh, who's, who's, in, who's the artist? Uh, Bram Revel. Oh wow! I mean, I know yeah. I love Justin jo- Jordan's writing, but I'm right. Well, hold on to your hands, then, my yeah. friend. Um, so it was a random read for me, this one, an issue one from Boom, a horror book from issue one. Didn't work out very well last time I did that, but let's let's hang on and see what happens. Uh, have you found the cover online, guys? Uh, there's It's Boom, so there's a million fucking pictures that come yeah. out. Uh, it's kind of the red one with the black central image. Um, it's, sort of like, gonna... it's sort of a magenta one. It's sort of like, yeah. Yeah, I, maybe I, that's I, it. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's I'm going to say up close it's a lovely idea so it's kind of got the female it's got the little yeah. group of teenage characters in the middle of almost in in the, the darkness if that yeah. makes sense from a distance you fucking you wouldn't tell what that was on a shelf in a car oh yeah exactly yeah 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 um it's set in a small town in the u.s called barlow in new york state um and it opens with members of a local a member of a local police heading home he pulls up outside his house in his sheriff's car and he seems stressed he seems worried angry something is wrong and he goes into his house, and in the hallway is this strange symbol marked on the wall, which is sort of, it looks like three hammers almost, just very simple. And he says, and he's, he can't tell whether it's written in red paint or maybe blood. You're not really sure. And he, he says, I don't regret He's speaking to himself, and he says, I don't regret it. Not a single goddamn thing. The only thing I regret is that I wasn't stronger, at which point he senses something else is there. So he pulls his gun out, and he's surprised by hands. You know the old, the old horror trope of, hands appearing through a wall or through a glass window or through a door and pulling you backwards. He's got, he's caught out by that and he pulled down to the ground by this massive creature. And he's confronted by this sort of cloaked and masked red eyed. He looks like a warrior carrying an ax towering over him and, and he's killed is, is immediately his head caved in with the ax. And then we do the classic high school. We go to the high school and we get the um, we're in a history class, and the old teacher is coincidentally telling the class about this mark, and it's the same mark that we'd seen on the police chief's house wall, and it's called a sinner's mark. And he says it's a local and a culture it has local and cultural significance, and is and that sinning will summon the harrower, who is this character, and there's a crude drawing of the warrior we saw on the ch- on the chalkboard, mm-hmm. you know, in chalk of the character that we've seen in the in the previous opening sequence. 
and the high school as is wanted to be as a jock a rebel a cool kid a party girl and they head out to a party that night and in town and things happen I'm not gonna spoil it um and things happen and there's a twist put it that way now the only reason i'm recommending this is because of the art i think there's a nice sketchy look he um with in sort of instinctual line mm. overlapping flat colors and he does he has a really lovely use of light and dark in this for example there's a moment where they're sitting in the class and you know when you're sitting in the class in the summer when you're at school and the light's coming in from outside and it's you know yeah. beating down on your face and through the window he, he does that really well mm. um and he's got that um instinctual less is more just pure energy in the work you know it lives on the page there's emotion and 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 uh, coming off at you and i think it's really nice and he, he it's that little line of comic art but caricature but realistic but still caricature you know that sort of area someone like jay bone or darwin cook you know so something he lives somewhere in that sort of area of the house with those eyes in there mm. if it wasn't for the art i don't think i'd be recommending this it leans really? it leans really heavily into cliche um every single okay. thing is a cliche um it's clearly a joining of the purge meets my bloody valentine you know that sort of area i think we we had slasher horror didn't we mm -hmm. and we had you know the group of friends at the lake or the high school group of friends or you know all this sort of thing and then we had shit like scream and was it final destination those movies and stuff like that yeah. which took all the the tropes from those horror films and they took the piss out of them and then we kind of came out of that again didn't we and started people started writing proper horror stories again you know, with more imaginative settings. And this just goes all the way back, you know, to the pre-Scream days and just does it by rote. I don't know. I just, uh, it has just high levels of predictability in it. You know who's going to be the wrong one as soon as you see them. You know, you know who's going to be the hero as soon as you see them. Do you think that's something that could possibly be turned on its head later on, but because, well, because we're only getting one issue... Yeah, I maybe you know I mean? maybe you're right, man. I, mean, I can't predict yeah. the future, that, and I can't that, predict. But that's a, that's a failing in itself because even if yeah, you're, I think so. even if you're breaking down the genre and you're going to put a spin on it, um, if you're having the sort of experience you've had with the first issue, that's a failing. You know, then it's probably better to do it as an OGN so you can read it in one. Yeah, totally, man. Hmm. Totally. I mean, it, you've got to grab someone with the first issue, yeah. and this is I don't know what Boom did it. Boom did it previously. Do you remember with that book that I said was just a plane landing? Yeah, yeah, it was just like terribly boring, and I just, I just think uh, we know Justin Jordan is better than this. Yeah, you know all the stuff he's done. We know he's better than this. It just seems to be why that's what makes me books? think that there's more to it. But at the same time, well, I just think well, because I, you know when you first said about it, I thought, oh, I, I might okay. buy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you're talking about, it. but because of what you said, I'm, I'll wait. Yeah, I read this yeah. before looking back at the creators. To be fair, because I hadn't really seen yeah, Brahms' yeah, yeah. style. And I really enjoyed the drawing, and then it just—it it was just beating me about the head. Of we've, I've seen this all before, man. Yeah. You know, okay, yeah. there's a vaguely clever idea of the serial killer, but ain't there all in every film and every comic? Yeah, you know, they have a little, little like a scream mask, or they have, yeah. you know, a, a you know, a hockey mask, for example. This is just, again, but I just, I'm recommending it because I really like the art. I really, I'd love to see this dude do other stuff. He, he'd kill on a you know high school era spider-man book or he you know he'd kill on a like he there's not much to, you know i could see him doing a noir book as well with that stuff okay i think i think he could do a cool western as well looking at yeah that's a good chat man yeah yeah, yeah i think he could 
Yeah. And I think um I think Justin's better than this first issue, and I think Boom should be better than this first issue. You know, think about what you're doing. You've got a great artist there, make use of him. You know, there's yeah. loads he could be doing there. Um, but yeah, that's my second one. I recommended just purely because of um Brahm Revel's art. There you go. Nice. Arrow, one. Issue one. Interesting. One. Nice. Mm. Well, plenty of comics for you to check out as always, folks, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode yeah there's tons of comics to put in there the, yeah. the show the show has got yeah going to be quite long this week um so have a look at them read down read read them add to your wish lists and go forth and read loads loads of comics and we hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and everything that's going to be we're going to be talking about in the lead up there's only uh well ne- next time is our penultimate episode. 399 399 yeah 399. jesus so um yeah if there's anything you want us to shout about on next week's episode there's several different ways you can get in touch with us you can email us awesomecommentspod at gmail.com follow us on the social media at the awesome pod on twitter and instagram uh we've got a facebook page the awesome comics talk group we've also got a slack channel um which yeah. join it there's lots of different um groups and talks so if you want to talk kickstart there's a page for that if you want to talk about comic creation there's something for everyone and a wonderful community of people from all over the world on that slack channel get in touch with us to find out yeah yeah i just love that play on words um (laughs) yeah so get in touch with us to find out how to join that it's easy easy peasy um and thank you for listening to us whether it's on the website awesomecomics.podbean.com if you listen to us on apple podcast then please subscribe leave a review it helps get the word out about the show and everything we talk about on a weekly basis and if you heard us on another network such as spotify amazon stitcher podnose podknife what networks are we on tony are on the podcast network that we've kind of talked about throughout the show which is no to gatekeeping here here yeah <laughs> um, which is I, I need to sort of just thought of that because of what um our guests were saying yeah yeah, yeah. it's open to everyone yeah 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 exactly just make make a comment make a zing yes, yes. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Just make it, make it happen, people. That's no, that's that's not a new catchphrase. We shouldn't have it. Well, actually, make I guess, it happen. I guess we do have a catchphrase, which is going to happen in a minute. But um, I mean, I'll, I'll make that. Happen. Oh yeah. Are we going to get <laughs> but, everyone to say it on the live one? Oh, of, course, of course, of course, we do. I, I want yeah. to see people get it wrong in so many ways. Anyway, where can people <laughs> find us online, etc.? Tony. Neveronanything.com. Easy. Nice, Dan. You can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic and you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. Nice. You can catch me on social media at Jester Diablo. Thank you very much to our guests for joining us. Thank you t- for listening, as always. We hope wherever you are in the world, you're happy, healthy, and doing okay because we love you. And Tony's in quite a good mood, so will he say it this week? Like I'll fucking ever say that. <laughs> <laughs> he says that, but I know that he actually said it a few weeks ago and he can never take that audio back. I said it about one person. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I know there's love in your heart. You're, well, there you're, is. You're no longer a tin man. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um, wherever you are in the world, read loads of comics, make loads of comics. Just tell people you know about comics that they should be reading. And as always, well, actually, what else should they do, guys? Stay awesome. Stay awesome. What? Come on, are you competing with each other now? Tony, 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 Tony did it. He had that nice... Oh no, I fucked up there. Yeah, were you doing something else? No, I just fucked up. I was wait. I was kind of waiting for it, and then I waited too long. Don't don't do yourself down. That was fine. Yeah, yeah. But you need to practice. You're getting like we need the 400s coming up. 400, we got to nail it. 
All right, we've got nail it. Well, we get, we've we got to wear our t-shirts. Audience. Are we going to wear a tie again? Hey, yeah, like, yeah, I wear a tie. Do you say special? Yeah, I'm not not yeah, telling you where I'm not telling you where I'm wearing my tie. <laughs> Bye, everyone. On his knob. Bye. Corporate. See you. Later. <laughs>